welcome to the podcast. Uh, this week, um, I wanted to start off by discussing womanhood, womanhood. There are two very good articles I read this week. One was in American Affairs. Um, the other was on a substack of Arksanda Teslo. And then after that, I want to talk a little bit about Mitch McConnell stepping down as the, uh, the Senate leader of the Republicans, the Senate minority leader. At this point, he's going to step down in, I think it's September or November, November. And he's going to serve out the rest of his term, which I believe goes to 2027, it looks like. And so he's going to step down in the fall. He's not going to be the leader of the Senate anymore. And then he's going to be the, uh, he's going to be, he's going to serve for uh, three more years. And then he's going to, then he's going to retire at around 80. He's 82 right now. So he'll be about 85, 84, 85 when he, when he leaves office. And so these article, these, and I want to talk about a little bit about his career and his legacy. And I think McConnell is a very underappreciated figure, especially the way in which he shaped the federal judiciary. And I think the story of McConnell and why he's underappreciated as a kind of important historical figure reflects people's misunderstandings or a lack of acceptance or the the inability to put enough emphasis on the extent to which the judiciary really does create policy, really does shape American life. And someone understanding that and taking advantage of that can have a major impact. And so that's, that's the story of McConnell. But first, let's talk about this, uh, these two articles, because they're both just very, very good. They... They came out, they both, I read them both within the last week. And I think that, I think they both had, I think they both have something in common in that they really emphasize the degree to which the issue of sex is, is difficult because it's an issue of human nature. There's, and there's so much discourse centered around avoiding this reality, even those who accept human nature, who, who purportedly, supposedly accept human nature, conservatives, social cons, they're really not as accepting of human nature as they think. They have a rose-tinted, they look at the past with rose-tinted glasses. And I think that these articles especially the second one by Rixanda Teslo. That one really really gets at this. So the first one is by, uh, as I said, by Ginevra Davis. It's called How Feminism Ends. And and the thing that it emphasizes is just the physical difficulty of being a woman. She goes into her own 
problems, the aches, the pains, the, the doctor's visits, the appointments, the time it takes to find a doctor, to call them, to get on, to get them on the phone, to get in, to get into the office, to come home, get your medication, all of that. This is a huge part of a lot of women's lives. A lot of men might not realize this. I, I don't think I really realized this until I got close to women as an adult. But they're they're just they're always suffering. <laughs> they're always suffering. As a man, you might have aches and pains. You know what it's like to have a toothache. You know what it's like to have a backache, maybe, and maybe get injured while you're working out or something. But women are just in a different category in that pain is sort of the default. And maybe men were in pain much more often as sort of the default 100, 200, 300 years ago or more when they did backbreaking labor all day and didn't have modern, they didn't have aspirin or modern painkillers or ice packs or the things that we take for granted today. So, I, I, Or dental care, uh, especially. And so... But men, but men, through the gift of modern science, ha- can have a pretty comfortable physical existence. Most men are not in pain most of the time. At least most young most young men. If you're my age, if you're twenties, your thirties, your forties, even your your fifties, you're probably not suffering all that much as a man physically. This is not true for women. They go. They have their cycles. I don't know how much on average, how much pain on average a woman feels in her life, but from the amount of complaining <laughs> they do about it, that I'm not criticizing women. I've been told before that if, if I had to suffer what women suffered, I would be crying all the time. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's true, but it's, it's a lot. It's certainly more than what men suffer. And I, I believe women's testimony here. There is there is an entire biological system that is complicated and hard to understand. And basically women are women are walking around with this burden all the time. It just and the physical women get tired easier. When they play sports, they're more likely to suffer injuries and break their bones. And this is sort of one of the weird things about all these attempts to get women to play more sports, they're just not as physically robust as, as men are. And this, of course, has implications for equality in the workplace and finding representation in all areas of life, especially at the higher ends of achievement where you have to be just a workaholic. And people talk about things like getting pregnant and having a burden in terms of child care. But even without that, even just the one-to-one comparison, taking children out of the equation and taking pregnancy out of it, women just suffer a whole lot more. And this article had such a good take on the origins of the trans movement. I think it's one of the first that really gave me an understanding of where this thing comes from because it's very weird and not just trans, but the whole idea of gender on a spectrum, the whole idea of non-binary, these, these weird ideas about sex. 
And Davis's argument, I think, is something along the lines of, look, the female body is just too complicated. It's too, the realities of it are too painful for us to look at. And so we dream away the female body. We, we don't say that there are these people called men and these people called women. You could imagine things feminism going in a different direction. We say, oh, women's struggles are real. So therefore, we have to change the workplace. We do get a little bit of this, but I, I think that people, it doesn't go that far because people understand that anything that is merit-based, anything that rewards effort or stamina or physical the ability to uh, the the ability to bear a, a, a high physical burden that's going to advantage men. So you can have like a communist system, and in the communist system, whatever the selection pressures are for being a bureaucrat, generally men get to the top. You you can't engineer you can't engineer this away. You can have quotas in the parliament or whatever, but anywhere where you're not explicitly mandating gender parity at the top levels of society or institutions, you're going to get male dominance. And we did it. We it's, there's no fix. There's no fix to this. And so trans and the idea of gender fluidity and gender on a spectrum, this becomes a way to just avoid the entire topic. So, there aren't these people named men and these people called women who have different bodies and needs and life cycles and just ways of ways of living. There are, there's a spectrum and there are some people who menstruate. They could be men, they could be women, they could be anything in between. And it's just, you know, we're all on a spectrum, man. Maybe you feel a little more back pain. I feel a little less back pain. Maybe you menstruate. Maybe I don't menstruate. Maybe you have a penis. <laughs> Maybe I don't have a penis. <laughs> it's, just, it's, so, it's like, it's like whatever, man. There, there's not this thing called women. I mean, there, there is a, there's still, there still is a thing called women, but it, it's not defined like the actual definition of a woman is the physical reality. And it's an entire package. It's it's menstruating. It's having a baby. It's uh, it's having higher mate value when you're younger. It's being physically weaker. It's being some ways emotionally smarter, but not necessarily better at like spatial rotation. There's an entire cluster of things, and you could talk about women as like all these stereotypes, and the stereotypes are just it's just call something a stereotype. It's just another way of saying that it's true. And we don't want to do that. So we just, we have, the, we, we can't completely get rid of the concept of women because, well, it's there in civil rights law. And if someone complains that I'm a woman and I'm being discriminated against, uh, leftism still wants to take that seriously, even though, it, like, if you interrogate them, they won't say, oh, she's a woman because she menstruates and she has XX chromosomes. And so we have this kind of duality where the official line is we don't know what a woman is everything is on a spectrum but then the people who complain and say that they're women who 90 99% of the time are actually women even in today's world when someone identifies as a woman the vast majority of time they are they are cisgendered so it's close enough for the purpose of civil rights law you have these you have reached area. the end of the free recording for this episode of clown car 
To listen to the rest of the episode, please consider becoming a paid subscriber.